Hello, listeners, and welcome to Privacy Chats with Rachel and John, a podcast for privacy professionals and enthusiasts alike. I'm Rachel. And I'm John, your host, who will be taking you through a quick overview of the recently proposed update to the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. And I said that whole thing out loud because Rachel and I can't decide if we're supposed to say it COPPA or COPA, but we'll go with either one of those. Anyway, before we start the episode, I wanted to just take a moment to say that the information shared throughout this episode is uh, that of our own and not in any way affiliated with our employers or other organizations. These episodes are produced on our own time and are based on our own research and professional opinions. That's right. Well, thank you, John. Um, We had an episode, uh, a few episodes back, I believe, that really targeted COSA, the Kids Online Safety Act um, is a proposed bill that may or may not be introduced um, as a formal law, but they did mention quite a few tidbits from COPPA, I'll call it. <laughs> and the timing of the, these proposed updates, I thought were great for this episode since we hadn't had very many since the COSA and COPPA episodes. Um, and really because this is a pretty fresh, freshly introduced collection of rules. I think it's been less than a week since these were published by the FTC from the time of this recording. Um, And they've hammered down on a lot of themes in the last few years. So I think this is a trend we'll continue to see where we're revisiting some of the, I would say, outdated for the technology at the time, requirements for certain companies to uh, keep in mind children's safety when it comes to online activities. So with this update, John, what are some of the new changes we're seeing in these proposed rules um, that might have been different from when we reviewed them the first time? Yeah, it's actually quite lengthy. The uh, Officially, it is uh, 16 CFR Part 312, but the official regulation or legislation is 164 pages long. I did try and get through a lot of that, but eh, you know that kind of information is pretty boring even for us to read. Um, but there is a summary in there that, that and this, I'm, I'm going to quote this directly from the summary because I think it's a good uh, explanation of what they're doing. So it says that the commission proposes to amend the Children's Online Privacy Protection Rule consistent with the requirements of the, the Act. The proposed modifications are intended to respond to changes in technology and online practices and where appropriate to clarify and, stream, and streamline the rule. The proposed modifications, which are based on the FTC's review of public comments and its enforcement experience, are intended to clarify the scope of the rule and or strengthen its protection of personal information collected from children. So they're really responding to, I guess, the public and changes in technology and online practices are the key things that I read in their their summary. Um, So, yeah, I think that's an overall summary of what they're trying to accomplish here. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that the timing of this, because the last time I saw the FTC make a change to COPPA role was back in 2013, specifically to address the growth of mobile devices and social networking. They also expanded at that time the personal definition, the definition of personal information to include things like cookies, geolocation information, photos, videos, and audio recordings. So it what does that make it 10 years from now it seems like almost a decade type cadence that they're going for but um I'll, I'll quickly go back to the FTC's role in actually um being involved with children's privacy at a federal level COPPA violations are considered to be unfair and deceptive 
trade practices under Section 5 of the FTC Act. And so therefore, the FTC is empowered to impose civil penalties for violations to COPPA. But at the state level, COPPA authorizes state AGs to bring actions to the federal district court to actually enforce compliance with those FTC regulations and to attain any damages or, or forms of compensation or relief that might be involved with that violation. So the FTC, as I mentioned before, is still taking this problem they viewed and from what you said has been kind of elevated by consumers um, very seriously in the past. And on this press release, there's a direct quote from FTC chairperson Lena Khan saying, requiring firms to better safeguard kids' data, um, their pro this proposal places affirmative obligations on service providers and prohibits them from outsourcing their responsibilities to parents. So I thought that quote was interesting because it gives a look inside sort of a different angle for why the FTC might be interested in proposing new rules. It seems that there is a certain expectation that there should be more responsibility for providers or technology companies in particular to start doing the job. I don't want to say of parenting, but they're saying they don't want to just outsource it to parenting. So there needs to be more involvement at a governmental level, which I thought was interesting at the least. It is interesting. And it it, it kind of, uh, it, it brings back a conversation that we had probably talking about this episode about the responsibilities of parents. And uh, I think in that previous conversation, I was advocating for technology companies providing more tools to parents, but leaving parents being responsible. Um, so it's interesting that your quote from Lena Khan, uh, you know, talked about outsourcing the responsibility to parents for not wanting to do that. Um, so I'm, I, honestly, I'm not sure how I feel about that because, you know, I, I, I don't think that, that we should be taking control away from parents and putting it you know, putting that responsibility on technology companies, although there is a responsibility for, te responsibility for technology companies. It's an interesting paradigm. Right. Well, with that out of the way, let's go back to the how of these newly proposed rules. Like, how are the FTC going to, you know, achieve their stated goals with these new requirements? Yeah, so there's very specific requirements in here. So I'll go through a list of six or seven of them. Um, so one of them is, is requiring separate opt-in consent for third-party disclosures. So when, when a company collects uh, data about children, uh, parents have to consent to before that company can uh, provide that uh, uh, data to a third-party company. Uh, the second was limiting the support for internal operations exception, which was an exception that was built into the original COPPA, which my understanding has been uh, used inappropriately. So they're using that exception to do things that they shouldn't really have been doing based on what the exception was intended for. Uh, the third one is limiting companies nudging of kids to stay online, um, which I actually want to come back and talk more about that one. So let's kind of leave I already know I'm a fan minute. of it, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am too. I'm, yeah, this is I, the, my favorite. Be a part fan of, of it for me, work. but gosh, it's just yeah. notification fatigue sometimes. Yeah, well, I I know, but like I feel like some of that notification and the nudging is really manipulating children, and you know, forcing them to stay on. It's like you know, here, take one more puff. Yeah, they've something. done plenty of studies with how addictive social media is, and it's it's hard to look at these problems and and try to ignore that sentiment because it's there and it's some the proof's in the pudding, you know. Yeah, it's a real problem, and they shouldn't be perpetuating it. So yeah, uh, limiting data retention. So uh, you know, that's a that's 
a, a common rule throughout all privacy regulations is, is limiting how, how long data is retained for. Um, codifying tech, uh, edge tech guidance. Um, so, and I think in some of the stuff I read, when the original law went into, into force, there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, not that it wasn't technology in schools, but there wasn't, it was less structured of technology companies operating in schools. So mm -hmm. there's, they're codifying the guidance around ed tech. Uh, increasing accountability for safe harbor programs and strengthening data security requirements, which I think is a great one as a, as a you know, former cybersecurity professional. Um, encouraging or essentially requiring companies to have better data security programs, uh, I think is a win all around. So those are the key uh, goals of what they're trying to accomplish here or how this, this is going to be implemented. Yeah, I'd be interested to dive into a little bit more of the, those codifying the ed tech guidance. I mean, we won't be able to do it here, but I while, while reading through the updates, I'm lamenting it, it how little experience I have in that space and I think it'd be really interesting for an expert to come on that might have been working in I don't know privacy and, and ad, ed excuse me I keep trying to say ad ed tech company um to talk about the challenges there because it's likely a different world with the types of data you're intending to collect for the reason of you know promoting better uh education system who knows what that data could be used for but um yeah otherwise all of these sound pretty straightforward um and I guess it begs the question of, are these, is it fair that some of these requirements meet or sometimes surpass even the expectations or the, or the protections that adult adults have as far as their internet protection and online safety goes? Um, I, I imagine it's because there's a view that children are not able or experienced enough to make sound decisions about what they view on social media sites, what they share, who they talk to, um, and implications of those decisions. But what are your thoughts there, John? Well, I think it's, you know, I, I, I want to be clear that I, I think it's very, very important to protect children online. So I'll make that as a very definitive declarative <laughs> statement. Agreed. Because I'm going to go and say some things that might suggest that I don't believe that. But I don't, we have to protect children online. Um, but when you think of, of online protection of children, who do you think that we're protecting children from? And I think most people would think of some sort of an online predator that's out there. Uh, but the reality is that these new rules aren't about protecting children from, you know, some creepy online predator. It's it's protecting them from companies that they're genuinely doing business with. Um, so like it's a, it's a commerce thing. They're protecting, they're stopping companies from using the data about children to, you know, sit, put ads in front of them, for example. But, you know, generally children don't have a whole lot of money. So we're really protecting the financial resources because <laughs> that's what ads are about yeah. of their parents and their parents have control of whether or not that money is going to get spent. Um, and I get it that, you know, we're trying to put ads in front of children because then the children go to their parents and they say, hey, you know, can you buy me this thing or, or whatever? Um, but, the you know, the, the, the main part of it is that these are protections that are appropriate for people in general. So mm -hmm. why are we focusing on, you know, implementing a law that's going to protect this aspect of protection for children when, you know, some of these things are protections that should be in place for the general population. And you and I have talked about the fact that we're, we're really lacking a comprehensive privacy law in this country. And we, you know, we have to go back to these sectoral laws or you know one in this case is about children or healthcare or finance 
that we don't have a comprehensive privacy law that would provide these protections for all of us. The one part of this law that I really like, and we already talked about this, is the 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 uh, is limiting companies' ability to nudge children to stay online. Uh, and I think that is something that is very specific to children. I think our children are probably more likely to be able to be manipulated by companies and nudges and you know, I, I don't know, but that that might not be true. Yeah, um, I mean, I think media generally forms has a large impact on your worldview. I mean, this is a complete tangent, but I was reflecting the other day. I was I was with some uh, younger kids of my family, and I was watching them watch TV, and I'm like, oh my god, I remember very early memories. Some of the earliest memories I have are of TV and of cartoons. Depending yeah. on how young that child is, if they're engaging in social media, like their earliest worldviews are now, as opposed to 20, 30 years ago, formed online, I guess, with the exception of some computers at the, at the time, but at a vast scale, yeah. a three, four, five-year-old doesn't have access and knows how to use an iPad. Like it, it just, it's something that we're just now facing. And there's, of course, a lot that, there's a lot to say about the benefit of early technological use i mean you get over a learning yeah. curve like it was never there in a lot of ways and it sets you up better for the rest of your life but i do understand how the harms are kind of exacerbated for children who don't have a template for the universe yet and have to yeah. take what they see as absolute truth now the same can be said for adults in a lot of circumstances because manipulation is possible everywhere in a way it's kind of a, a necessity for marketing in some ways, but there are extremes that it can be taken that I don't think should be limited as far as protections go for just children, but to your point, yeah. to everyone. Right. And I, you know, and it's hard to know like a, a, a feature, the way a product works. Um, I think the companies that put these features in place would say that they're responding to what their customers want. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you could look at that behavior and say, well, no, you're trying to manipulate your customer base so that your ads are more successful or you get them to to stay online longer or something like that. Um, and, you know, it's hard to know. Like, you, it really gets into the what is the inner motivation for these companies and the products and features and stuff that they that they that they implement. And what is and an ideal we're state never going to know that. Right. Yeah. What what utopia are we reaching for here? Because companies need to stay in business. I mean, the ones that are operating today are, are very crucial to the economy. And I think they do a lot of good. So yeah. how, how can they balance that with responding to the rules only to get more and more into eventually being proposed that they should in some ways step in as the role of the parent, which we, we agree that is kind of ridiculous. But that's how some of these uh, comments read. Yeah, but uh, but you know, at the end of the day, there has to be some personal responsibility. Like you know, I can I can choose to sit here on you know TikTok or something all day and just you know just roll and hit the next thing that's coming in front of me, um, which is what they want you to do. Or I can take the personal responsibility and recognize you know no, it's time to go you know do something more productive or whatever it is. Um, and I guess for the you know when it, when it comes to children. Um, when they don't have that personal sense of responsibility, that's where the parenting comes in. Mm -hmm. um, and I think parents need to step up to the plate and do that. And they shouldn't be offloading that responsibility to technology companies. Um, but uh, you know what? I, I get it. There's a there's a there's a happy medium in there. I just wonder if if it's if it's appropriate to to implement these kind of rules for children. Maybe it's appropriate for them to, to for them to be implemented across the board.
absolutely agree. Well, I think we've covered the high points here today, John. I don't know about you, but I'll turn it over to our audience and say thanks for tuning into this episode of Privacy Chats. You can access all of the press releases and the official proposed ruling text through our episode description on whatever streaming platform you're listening or watching from. And lastly, don't forget to check out our LinkedIn page, which is maybe the easiest way to passively keep up to date with new episode releases and what we're talking about that week. Next, we'll be discussing the SEC's newly adopted cybersecurity rules, um, as well as a host of other information concerning uh, those disclosure requirements. So until next time, see you later. Bye. Thanks, Rachel.